in a town before called um, Langan Village, it was called. And basically there was a young lad, and he looked awful similar to me. I thought I was fighting in the mirror, right? Come outside the nightclub, I was like, do I know you from somewhere? And he goes, do I know you? Do you know? And he had, he had a Celtic jersey on, but he had, he had the green and the yellow one, right? And I was, I was about to throw a punch. And then he, he, he looked at me in the eyes, and I go, do I? And he goes, am I your father? I said to him, and he goes to me, am I your son? And we just hugged it out. Turns out that no relation at all, and I just headbutted him, and he got taken away. But, you know, it goes to show you, people are out there, you could know them. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your host, E. Simon. Hello, comrades. I am Kate Rumble. My name, Kate Rumble. What are you, Russian now? <laughs> no, I am. You I, I stand with the Ukrainian people. I don't think that's a popular country to wish you you could be from. I am a comrade at this moment. <laughs> to any brother and sister that is wanting to get down and get with it. You've had quite a change of heart since we first talked about the invasion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, Putin is doing what fucking mad fascist dictators do. Yeah, I'm, I'm still the very interested to see how far he goes. But anyway, that's that's besides the point. It is. What I think the people want to know is how is your California trip going so far, K Rambo? I am loving Californian life. I still don't know if I'm a fruit or a nut yet. I think I'm probably more of a nut. Probably both. Uh, uh, yeah, I am definitely both. I a love a bit babe. of both. I love a good-looking babe. I do those good-looking gams and stems on a chick. Woo! You got to celebrate St. Patrick's Day like a true oh Irish American awful. last night. That was that was one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I told you, I told you, it's like one of the worst experiences you'll ever have to endure. It, it was. It, I wasn't too fussed about it, but you were insisting that I get a green beer, and even when we get to the spot, no green beer. Oh, that was that was hilarious. We get in this fucking crowded place with a bunch of dumbasses, you know, just wearing like green beads and green shirts and just and green bows in their hair with this awful band playing. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is the place. It's called Molly Malone's. They'll have green beer. So you can celebrate St. Patrick's Day like a true Irish American. And so I asked the guy, like, do you have green beer? He's like, no. And you were so gutted. I was gutted because that's the only thing I wanted. I thought you were going to glass the bartender and call him a bloody cunt when he said we only have real beer. Well, that would have been the Irish way to deal with it. (laughs) Speaking of that band as well, as much as I love CCR, who are Californian and sang about songs from the South, that band were from just outside LA and they were talking that this next song was written by my mama. Oh God, it was terrible. I couldn't even, did we even last one song? No, I was just shaking my head and going, this is terrible. Not even worth it for the people watching. St. Patrick's Day is one of the, it's up there with New Year's. New Year's is a bit different because you get a lot of mums and dads out at New Year who maybe necessarily haven't been unleashed all year long and then they get to go out on New Year with all their mates. So that can be quite fun for that. But last night it just felt like, I think we were the oldest middle-aged people in the room. Yeah, there are some old people in there. There were old people who were like 20 years older than us, but we were the oldest middle-aged people and then it was just everyone in their fucking 20s. The young young ones tend to uh, celebrate that wretched holiday. And I hate them. And I hate them. Um, Yeah, God, it's terrible. Yeah, 
The only good thing about St. Patrick's Day is sh- is a shamrock shake, which we did get one of those. That was very tasty. I like anything mint flavored though, because I am a girl. Yeah, I haven't had one of those like in probably shit. fifteen years. So that that was that was refreshing. It was made I me feel it. very Irish. Irish. Uh, last weekend with the San Francisco was brilliant. Yeah, you got to meet the family and all of my friends, including Wackerly and P Town. Hung, and hung up with JoJo. Uh, God, three night bender. Me, you, and JoJo are a force to be reckoned with. Well, definitely alcoholics. You know they say a triangle is the strongest shape. Me, you, JoJo. I don't know. A triangle, <laughs> of, alco- triangle of alcoholism <laughs> yeah, exactly. is what that is. But yeah, so we, we went to, um, um, uh, we went to uh, Ozzy's ridiculous one-year-old birthday party. It was ridiculous. Uh, it's just insane. My sister's insane. I mean, she knows how to throw a party. It's her vocation. But- to do what she did for this kid's one-year-old birthday party. I mean, the kid had no fucking clue where he, where he was. He was, like, passed out with joy at 1 a.m. He was that type of sleep that I need at least a liter of whiskey to get to. But, I mean, she had, like, a top-shelf bar and Aussie theme. Uh, what was that? Aussie Kazi? Like, yeah. Aussie-themed drinks. Aussie cocktails. I think I had one of them, and that's when the descent really started happening in the nighttime. Yeah, I think I, I was already pretty hammered at that point. And we had gotten really drunk the night before. Oh, yeah, we were. And then after that, we, we went and hit a notorious drag queen bar deep in the bowels of the loin called Aunt Charlie's. I know you've heard me mention that on the show before. Brilliant bar. Loved it. Yeah, no, I kind of was like, I had to give uh, Kate the true tenderloin experience. But I do love that bar, and I'm, I'm really happy, actually, it survived COVID. Yeah, and they're still going, still putting out shows. Freaking yeah, no, good this, on them. that place is great. Um. And then uh, the next day, went to Alcatraz. Amazing. Always wanted to go there. It was just brilliant. Perfect weather. Had a great time. Probably said the name Alvin Carpus about 500 times. That is true. He um, is my favorite. You got to take videos of uh, mostly naked homeless people dancing to You Dropped a Bomb on Me. San Francisco, man. I love it. Everyone there has got so much good style compared to LA. Everyone here just Especially is so homeless. bland. Even the homeless here <laughs> dress bland compared to the ones in San Fran. Well, uh, which okay, which city do you like better, LA or SF? I like LA because there's way more to do, and SF feels like small. It, it is. A, I mean, it's, it's a, small a small city, city but you it's can a city. Walk around it, and yeah, but it's a city. I mean, they're with a you know a uh, metropolitan transit system. I have seen less human shit in LA than I have seen in San Francisco. <laughs> I was amazed because you don't even remember walking through the loin I'm after Aunt Charlie's, and uh, but yet you had the dexterity to dodge all the human feces. I think it's naturally like in inside of me being a North Londoner that I just know how to avoid the feces, the grime, even <laughs> when I'm in a state like that. Yeah, I mean, I think after that weekend, fuck, we I had to I had to go I had to be sober for a few days. We've had freshest flu. Well, marijuana doesn't count, but I had to be sober for <laughs> yeah. for a few days because we drank so much. Like I can't remember last time I went three nights in a row at my age. It's like it's fair enough going three nights in a row and being like, oh, I'm just drinking beer. I'm just drinking wine. We were spirits, beer, and wine Shots. three nights in a row. Yeah, it was a mess. It was it a total was. mess. Yeah, freshest flu has hit us this week. <laughs> well, that is until St. Patrick's Day, Kate's new favorite holiday. Yeah, I had some beer and shit, whatever. It was awful. I had some margaritas in El Coyote. That was good. Oh, yeah, last night. Also, so last night we did we did a lot last night. So we uh, we went to El Coyote. It's a very LA night of the town. Went to El Coyote. Had uh, first time you've had like authentic Mexican cuisine. Loved it. 
And I mean, people who might know Manson Lore, that's the last, the, the restaurant where Sharon Tate and friends had their last meal. People say, one of the reasons I never really wanted to go there is because I've heard a lot of people say the food there was really mediocre. Well, if that's fucking mediocre, then I want to go to like El Compadre's and the other one, what's the other one? Casa Vega. Casa Vega. Because if that's mediocre, then the other two must be like shooting fucking diamonds out their ass <laughs> as they're serving you your food. Um, yeah, and then after, after El Coyote, uh, we went and uh, visited 8763 Wonderland Avenue. Always wanted to go there Very too. Very cool, where the Wonderland murders took place. Uh, not necessarily Manson related, but the next thing was the uh, you know that's a bucket list item. We went to ten thousand five hundred Cielo Drive. It was a full moon night. The wind was howling. The gate was blowing open. It was really creepy. It was the best time to have gone there. There was no one around. We we go into a lot of detail in the second show, long second show this week. So we go into all the details of uh, this entire Kate's, trip. Yeah, SF weekend. Um, a lot of funny Wankerly and uh, my sister's stories, actually. Oh, yeah, your sister told me some really funny stories. Yeah. Um, but anyway, after after we went and checked out Cielo Drive, um, which surprisingly, I mean, isn't, I guess, that. I mean, the, the outside of it looks, looks the same. But when you uh, get up to it, it's like a gate, so you can't really get in. Yeah, we could have snuck in. The whole layout's been changed, but if we'd have gone round, we would have seen the monstrosity that they But we were wearing there. all black, and I bet you at this point, they don't even take any chances. <laughs> yeah, some fuckers, <laughs> some fuckos you. are all up to your gate, dressed <laughs> in all black, looking in your gate. The security is yeah. being rung. They're it's like, not going to be there. 1969 again, We've dickheads. We've done this. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, we came home and watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, the Tarantino film, which you had never seen before. I had it. I was against seeing it, but I relented, and I did actually enjoy it. I, I liked what he did. It's good, and uh, like his uh, just the very postmodern. Well, the cinematography of just L.A. at the time that was cool, especially because we just driven up Cielo Drive, and then watching all the scenes where they're driving up Cielo Drive. It's the same fucking road. It's daft. But anyway, after after seeing Cielo Drive and watching Once in Time, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That inspired the topic of this week's show, which Manson girl is the hottest? And I mean, this is a subject of debate for, I don't know, decades, decades. And everybody has their own opinion. But um, I, I have mine. So anyway, Kay Rambo here um, prepared a, uh, a kind of an essay, in a sense, about the, uh, the, the hottest Manson girls. And we're going to rank them. We're going to rank them. Um, maybe should we use the five brown star scale like uh, like we used to? We could use the five brown. It's kind of star. insulting. I've come up with something a bit different though. All right, all right. Let's. Uh, I'm ready to go with what you got. So we were just talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and except for that fucking miserable cunt Lena Dunham, who I hate. Oh yeah, she played one of the Manson girls. She did sadly. She played Gypsy. Gypsy's like a good looking <sighs> one. I feel if I That's was Gypsy, I would have been insulted. That's an insult. I think there's an insult going on there. The Manson girls are usually portrayed in cinema and memory as they, they're like young, they're virile, they're beautiful, yet they're totally deadly hippie chicks mm-hmm. with dirty feet and they've totally, they'll give you crabs and then they'll give you the stabs. That's one of the, that's one of the funniest things about the uh, Tarantino movie because that guy is a foot fetishist. He loves his feet. And there are a lot of scenes of these young hippie girls showing off their feet. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, if you've got a good foot, if he's, that's what he likes, he can do what he likes. He's yeah, not a... So we're going to offer, offer up today a smattering of former beauty queens, members of the divorced Deadbeat Dads Club, daughters of Valiant Mums, and it's an ultimate showdown to crown the sick and wrong prom queen. Basically, who's the fittest Manson girl? Yeah. 
kind of make this a bit fairer other than me and D just like looking at pictures and saying four or hubba hubba or wolf whistling. Can you wolf Four brown us? stars. No, I can't. Oh, brown. <laughs> We're going to have a I run. Do heavy breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that too. <laughs> the one that gives me the heaviest breath. <laughs> We're going to have like a running type of legend, if you will. So the girls will score points for the most obvious of things. So that's a divorce family. That's a point. Prom or beauty queen. That's a point. Getting their relatives to join the Manson cult. Ooh, that's a point. That's a good, yeah, charisma. Charisma. Going to jail or to murder for Manson. That's fucking hella points. Yeah, I think if they murdered, then uh, that definitely puts them a little above the ones yeah. that did it. It's going to descend into chaos, but as the man himself once said, no sense makes sense. You dig? Yeah. So first off, we're going to start with numero uno. The first official member of the Manson family, that's Mera Brunner or Brunner, depending if you're you're American or British. I did say Brunner, not Bummer. But she's a bit of a Bummer. Kind of, but I don't know. I'd bum her. You might not. (laughs) Haven't even told you about it yet, mate. All right. She was born on December the 17th, 1943, in Shithole, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. She was the eldest of four children, born to George and Elsie Brunner, good Midwestern Lutheran folk. She was scholarly. She was quiet. She went to the University of Wisconsin. She got a bachelor's degree in history. She's probably the most well-educated out of all the Batson family. She's kind of all-American looking, blonde. She is blonde. uh, Yeah, and like kind of just the girl next door type. I wouldn't say she's a girl next door. I get, we'll get into her looks in a little All bit. Right. So after graduating, she headed west. She took on a job at the UC Berkeley Library. And in 67, she met and then basically took in the same day Charles Manson. You could actually almost hear the cogs in Manson's brain whirring at this point. 1967, San Francisco in the thick of hippie culturedom. Skirts are short now, D. The boys were hip, but you would never have called Mary hip. She was not part of she the in-crowd. She looked pretty square. She, she looks square. She has a and square she jaw. kind of square. That's for sure. She's got a square jaw. You I know, say... Wisconsin. She's like America's next top model version of androgynous. She could be a boy. She doesn't know if she's a boy or a girl. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see it. She's not beautiful. You wouldn't say she's beautiful. No, but she definitely is attractive. Yeah, she wore prim button-down shirts. She had thick, nerdy glasses. She was very easy for Charlie to entice. She had broken off an engagement back in Wisconsin. She spent most nights alone in her room with her poodle, Muffet. Oh, God. (laughs) In fact, it was through her dog that she would meet Charlie, who would send her down her totally troubled path. She was walking her poodle in the park one day. He pretended to kick her dog. She got defensive over it. But then Charlie, he grew playful. Turned on the charm, and she let down her guard. Yeah, what a great example of negging. If a man <laughs> tried to kick my dog, I would not suddenly start boning this man. No, I think it's quite the opposite. But yeah, he's, he picked that up from mystery. You know, the pickup artist. This, yeah, this meeting, she then became the first member of what would be the Manson family. She gets points being first member, first chick. She was 23 years old. He was 33. So 23, you're old enough to know better, but you're young enough not to care. It's not that much of an age difference. No, 10 years. 10 years. 10 years between yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. She left a job. She hit the road with Charlie, and thus the family was born. So at this point, we know that Manson had been a lifelong jailbird. He had been housed at Alcatraz. Oh, he had yeah. been taught how to play guitar by Alvin Carpus. You can hear the Overkill episode that I did about him on the Patreon. He's 33, he's on parole from Terminal Island Prison, and he's in hippie fucking heaven. <laughs> Mary gets points, like I said, she, for being the OG. Yeah, the OG, original member. 
And she gets points because she was so drunk on Charlie's dick and trip that she quit her job. She gave birth to his son, who would be known as Valentine Pooh Bear. What happened to that kid? Nickname. She shipped him off to live with his grandparents in Wisconsin because she had a greater calling than being a real mother. She was to be the Manson family mother. Yeah, but what happened to Valentine? Did he grow up to be like a doctor? Or? I'll tell you. We get right. into what happened to him later. Manson is well known to have hurt the ones he loved the most, the actually the worst. The brunt of his attacks, because he's a pimp, the brunt of his attacks were often on his first and most loyal followers. So Mary, Patricia, Susan, and 14-year-old Diane Lake. Mary was once beaten so badly she couldn't get out of bed for several days. He used all her money. They used stolen credit cards. They managed to get a hold of a magical school bus, and together they would take in waifs and strays, and that's how they built up his cult. Wow. She was insanely devoted to Charlie, despite the fact that she looks like she has no teeth. She doesn't look like she, she has any smiles. teeth. She smiles. It's rare that she ever smiles. Well, that's not a surprise when you're being beaten. Wow, that's By true. a dude who wants to kick your did, dog. Did she have a swastika in her forehead? Not, no, I don't. Mary didn't. Mary didn't? Okay. No, I think the only one who did do the swastika, was that not Bruce Davis? Or was he an ex as well? Some of them had an ex. Did Mary have an ex? I think Mary did do an X, yeah. yeah. Some of them didn't. Her lips, despite her no teeth, they were loose enough to flap about the murder of Gary Hinman by Bobby Bosley and Susan Atkins. Again, that episode she's all about rat. Bobby. Subtract a couple points. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's a rat. That's what I said. So she loses points because she may be the first official mem- family member, but don't be a stool pigeon. Yeah, no, it cancels it out. She did actually feel very guilty about this, though. She was nearly suicidal, having to turn in members of her family. And after she was let out, she returned and she remained in the family after the trial, remaining a steadfast member. So I think she gets points back now. She's she's devoted. Completely. Yeah, very devoted to the cause. On August the 21st, 1971, the Hawthorne Police Department responded to a silent alarm set off at a Western surplus store in Hawthorne. Along with family members Catherine Gypsy Cher, who's unfortunately played by Jenna Denham. No, but Lena Denham, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I hate her. And several male family associates. So there's Dennis Rice here, Charles Lovett, Larry Bailey, and Kenneth Como. They all joined the, the Manson family after the murders. These were like later um, later Manson boys. So wait, would Mary go out and recruit them and then recruit them like by yeah. offering up sex? Yes. God, that's effective. how they all did it. She, I could see how that would work. They're all attempting a hijacked, a hijacking, kidnapping. This is major points for Mary. What was she trying to hijack? The group, they brandished guns. They ordered the store patrons and clerks to lie on the ground. They then took 143 rifles from wow, the premises. for they, the race war. They loaded them into their van, and that's when a store clerk tripped the silent alarm. According to police officers, the group then debated whether to kill all of those in store while they were just laying on the floor and these fucking hippie burnouts with no shoes, uh, just with 143 rifles, are saying, should we kill them? I don't know. Should we? Well, should we? <laughs> they didn't. They alleged that the group's plan was to hijack a Boeing 747 and threatened to kill one passenger every hour until Manson and fellow family members were released from prison. When a police squad car arrived, um, Catherine uh, Cher, she opened fire on the vehicle, shattering the windscreen. As more squad cars arrived, they blocked the van from fleeing the scene, spraying it with over 50 bullets. Wow. The family members fired nearly 20 rounds at the officers and when police finally gained control of the scene and apprehended them all, 
Mary Brunner, Catherine Scher, and Larry Bailey, they were all injured. Like so I severely think she gets injured? Or well, no, they survived. No one died. That's amazing. No Surrounded died. by cops, and they're just like, you know, uh, just firing off bullets into this, uh, this van. And yet they just were just injured. Just injured. Spraying bullets. Like, that's amazing. Mary got slapped. She gets points for that. She does. It's a brave fucking thing. It's a standoff, especially if they went through with it, hijacking and killing prisoners on a Boeing. Like, yeah. back in those days when nobody was doing shit. Well, back in those days, you could just walk onto the tarmac. I don't even think they had, like, fences around airports. Well, had the SLA or anyone done that started doing plane hijackings by that point? They were later. Yeah, I think this would have been a first. SLA was, what, like, late 70s, mid-70s? Yeah. yeah. This would have been the first. So Mary was slapped with a 20-year conviction, although she would actually only serve six and a half years at the Californian Institute for Women before being released in 1977 under an assumed name. So we have a little interview of Mary leaving the courtroom, and this is from the Bobby Beausoleil trial. And that's the thing here. The voice also contributes to the sexiness. So, I mean, when you... um you know, when you play, you, when you hear the voice. Yeah, I think sometimes it can turn, like, if, if she came out and she had a fucking Liverpudlian voice, I would be deeply upset and offended. What's your comment after For being sure. arraigned on a charge of murder? Oh, I don't have one. Really? Are you frightened at all? Do you really know who did it? I uh, might say that, yeah. Uh -huh. Do you know the motive for it? Wow, that's more than I want to get into. Uh-huh. You know now that you may never see your baby again, or at least for a long, long time. Does this have any effect on you? Of course it has an effect on me. Did you think about this before you made your latest move? Yes. Uh -huh. I don't find her that attractive. You know, she kind of looks like sort of a, a homely Kirsten Dunst. She's got the Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst would be like the sluttier of sister to yeah, her. Yeah, but just more attractive. She returned to Wisconsin. Her son didn't know who she was and actually believed she was his older sister. During the 80s, she moved to Forest Park, Illinois. She worked in hospital admin. Her father died in 2004, her mother in 2008. And then she moved back to Wisconsin. She lives there today. She is active within her church community. And she is now a grandmother. She kept a very low profile and she's granted no interviews to the press. And I think that deserves points. That, d that does. Being someone like her months. who has been in all so, this mad shit and she doesn't talk about it. Did she serve 20 years? No, she served six and a half years. Only six and a half. That all right. Him. Wow. Good behavior. Speaking of her son, you're asking, he gave one interview in the 90s to a Los Angeles news program that was covering the story of the Manson family children. That interview is on YouTube. He had grown up far from the shadow of his notorious father. In 2019, he gave another interview, this time to the LA Times. And he appeared to be reconciling his legacy as the son of Charles Manson and convicted murderer and Mary Brunner, the first member of the family who got away with murder. God, we should maybe reach out to that guy. Oh, my God. Get him on the show. He would yeah, never yeah. do it. No, I great, though. So M Mary's obviously in the lead with like 66 points. I kind of lose uh, track of how many points. It's going to be there, chaos There's here. up and down. But I would she's say high. she's definitely pretty high as the OG member. Um, she was part of a, uh, a potential hijacking. It's pretty attempted cool. Attempted hijacking. Um, she gave birth to Manson's son. You know, that uh, deserves points. Attractiveness scale, I'd say oh, barely three brown stars, maybe. Uh, two for me. She's just not my, yeah, uh, my she's type She's kind of plain. Yeah, yeah, not mine. I do have someone who can rival her for totally devoted. And this is his second in command, second Manson babe, Lynette Fromm. Ooh, We're going to get into this crazy bitch. I love yeah. her. She was born in Santa Monica, October the 22nd, 1948. 
Lynette Alice Fromm, she grew up in Westchester, California, where her father, William, worked as an aeronautical engineer. So they were. She was growing up in a good household. Yeah, and she came obviously like an intelligent family, as the as a lot of the Manson chicks do. So that's what automatic points. She was the first of three children. She was a talented, well liked child that actually toured throughout the United States and Canada in a song and dance troupe called the Lari- Lariats. Have you ever heard any of their music? I actually didn't look it up, and now I feel stupid, and I kind of want to listen to it and smoke Lariats. some smoke some Californian weed after this <laughs> and listen to some Lariats. <laughs> In junior high, she was active with many after-school activities. She was a member of the um, Athenian Honor Society as well as the Girls' Athletic Club in her drama club. In her drama class, she actually befriended a young Philip Hartman. David. Well, that, that is interesting. We obviously know who Philip Hartman is, but for those who don't, he's he gained fame on Saturday Night Live. He was part of the Groundlings. Violently murdered. Troy McClure. Yeah, he's violently murdered. I love him. No, he's amazing. Um, we should go see his house. That's really interesting. So young Phil, did they go to the same school? Yes. Wow, that's that's that is interesting. I've never known that. Do you think they boned? Yeah, it was just I was just contemplating that. Like, do you think he at least got a blowy? I hope he got a blowy out of her. Yeah. Like, Phil Hartman is an attractive man. I would have sucked his dick. I could see that. I could see when he was a younger guy. And plus, the, just the voice. The you voice, know, I'm the giving funny. her points for, uh, for being possibly of... boning Phil Hartman. Yeah, she gets some imaginary points. And uh, actually, in her yearbook, she was voted Personality Plus. All right. Well, there you go. She gets, she's getting points left, right, and center here. But if she didn't have enough points, here comes the distant... An abusive daddy scorecard. We're rolling it out. Neighbors of the family, they remembered William Fromm as a tyrant-like figure who seemed to punish Lynn for little or nothing at all. In high school, she became more rebellious. She started using drugs and alcohol. I can relate to that. She worked in a canvas shop where co-workers would see her burn herself with lit cigarettes and shoot staples into her forearm with a staple gun. This is 100 years before emo ever happened. She gets points. Yeah, Jesus. She's like your uh, twin. (laughs) My evil twin. She briefly dated Bill Siddons, who went on to be the road manager of The Doors. I hate The Doors, but come on, I'm going to give her some points Some points for that, too. However, Bill Siddons' mother felt that Lynette was disturbed, and she talked Bill into steering clear of her. That's a domineering mother. I would have told Bill to stay clear of a really fat... Irish man who likes to piss his pants, who thinks he's a poet, and just avoid that whole scene. <laughs> I wonder if uh, if uh, Jim Morrison loved St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. Well, of course he would have. He'd been like, I'm a fucking Morrison. I'm a fucking poet. So I am. It's my day. <laughs> he didn't sound like that. I'm glad he's dead. Well, when she was enrolled at junior college, she had one final fight with her father. It was over the definition of a word. Because sometimes that, that was the final straw. What was the word? She's never said what minge. word it was. It could have been minge. But, like, I can relate to you, Lynette. And she, pretty much soon after this, she met Charlie on Venice Beach. And he took her home to meet Mary. Mary approved of her. And they decided to hit the road as one big happy family. She mm. was given the nickname Squeaky, which is how most of us know her by, because of the noises she would make when blind ranch owner George Spann would uh, touch her and rub her legs. <laughs> Was she the only Manson girl to to uh, have sex with George Spahn? 
she actually never had sex with George Spann, but I bet she, she wanked him She gave him handjobs. I bet they all gave George a little cheeky handjob now and again. Whenever well, how, he wanted. How he was did an they old get dude. to stay there rent-free? Because he was a lonely man, and he has all these young, good-looking girls who just want to hang out with him. Yeah. He's getting something in return. I don't think Squeaky actually ever did sleep with George because she had a very special place in the family that none of the other Manson girls held. This is major points. Only Charlie was allowed to sleep with Squeaky. Whoa, I wonder how she uh, achieved that title. Maybe it was because of her naturally brown, beautiful, blown-out natural hair, her intensely sweet-speaking voice that matches her intensely insane stare. Maybe it's because she has a diamond-level pussy that wasn't infected with herpes and crabs like all the other girls. Yeah, I'd imagine most of them probably had uh, at least crabs. Susan Atkins gave them all the the clap about five times. (laughs) She was loose, boys. During the Tate LaBianca murder trial... uh, the, uh, Lynn was frequently arrested. The charges ranged from contempt of court, loitering, trespass, trespassing on county property, property to attempted murder for an LSD-lanced hamburger that she gave to Barbara Hoyt in Hawaii. Barbara Hoyt's pretty cute. She's a she's a she's not a serious member, but Barbara Hoyt kind of in the running. Well, that's the thing. It's kind of difficult to to cover all the Manson girls because they were like thirty. Be fucking days, yeah, they were like thirty, mate. so we kind of narrowed it down. Um, I think Barbara Hoyt's disqualified. She was an ancillary member. All right, we can take her out. Yeah, she out, Barbara. You're out. After Manson was convicted, she moved closer to San Quentin. She began lobbying his release. In September of seventy two, she was arrested in connection with the murders of James and Rennie Willett. Authorities soon found that she wasn't involved with the murders, but like I'm giving her points here. She's been arrested for being in connection with murders. That's gnarly. But she never actually murdered anyone. No. Well, there was some. Uh... We're getting to what she did try to All do. All right, though. but I'm going to subtract a couple points. Take them away. The family was falling apart at this time. People were moving away. They were, or they were denouncing their well, involvement. Charlie was in prison at this was, point. Yeah, seventy-two. The the fever pitch had died down. Only the hardcore remained. Lynette and another devotee, Sandra Good, they moved to Sacramento to be closer to Folsom, which was where Charlie was now being housed. In Sacramento, Lynn and Sandy became preoccupied with saving the the environment. A lot of people know this as ATW, ATWA. What is it? Air, trees, water. No, I might say that whatever. Yeah, something stu- a stupid other cult that Manson's died. And he was starting to talk about this time, about the Order of the Rainbow, his own religion, in which Lynn and Sandy would be the main nuns of. I am throwing some points at Sandra here. Yeah, I think my brother is in that religion. <laughs> I don't think your brother's <laughs> in that religion at all. I'll d- but before she became in this religion, there's this really super famous um, interview of them, and this is an interview of Squeaky talking about her love of guns. Charlie, Charlie has, has all, all fear. fear. Everybody, everybody has, has given, given fear, fear to Charlie. You have to make love with it. You have to know it. Um, you have to know every part of it. And to know you know it is to know it. So that you could pick it up any second and shoot. Everybody is... You know, she's like cradling that rifle like George Spawn's cock. <laughs> <laughs> or Charlie's cock. She has kind of a sexy voice. She's cute. Yeah. She's got um, 
the actual Manson family who had the sexiest voice, I think, was Susan Atkins. She has a really sweet, like, little girl, little girl voice. But she's got the crab. She's got the herbs. And she had a really, really hairy pussy. Well, did she disqualify her for giving everybody the, the herb? Susan Atkins has been disqualified from this party. But maybe one day we will, like, do another well, Manson she, girl round Did she murder up. anyone? Yeah, she's oh, yeah, the one no, who killed yeah, Sharon yeah, Tate. Yeah, she killed Sharon Tate. Yeah. Bad. She I was, was also there confused. for Gary Hinman. Yeah, well, I don't know. She's a crazy bitch, right? She's the one I, ha- I actually have a letter from Susan. I wrote to her once, and she wrote back to me. I don't find Squeaky that attractive, though. I don't either, but she's. I think you can just see she's got a crazy aura. I still think Mary beats out Squeaky. Oh, all right. I'm, just a little bit, though. I'm kind it's of a on, thin margin. I'm on the Squeaky side here. So on this religion that you were saying your brother would be a part of, Order of the Rainbow, each of the girls were given a color. Lynette was dubbed red. You know, she had red brownie hair. And she was given the duty of saving the redwoods. Their lifestyles would be very different compared to the Spahn Ranch days. The girls weren't allowed to smoke. They weren't allowed to have sex. They weren't allowed to watch movies with violence. That sets thoughts to death and confusion. You can't do anything. There's no way my brother would have been part of this religion. There's no way I could be a part of that fucking religion. Completely opposite of what I thought it was going to be about. <laughs> Inside, uh, in this apartment, Lynn and Sandy, who's also in that really famous interview, they started the International People's Court of Retribution. It's a fictitious terrorist group that would assassinate executives and CEOs of companies that polluted the earth. The two sent out hundreds of threatening letters that claimed that there were thousands of members of this terrorist group just waiting to kill them. While trying to get the local news to report the damage being done to the Redwoods from logging, Lynn was informed that the President of the United States was coming to town. On September the 5th, oh, yeah. 1975, Lynette headed down to Capitol Park with a loaded Colt 45 automatic pistol strapped to her leg these there are some infamous pictures of her with this leg strap when president gerald ford came walking down the path lynette pulled out her gun immediately she was wrestled to the ground by secret service agents agents and the president just like escaped untouched i I recall this this uh, assassination attempt yeah how often does this happen this is major points no that's a huge huge uh point uh gain but how what I don't understand, like, what what was it that Ford was doing? Was he like anti environmental, like anti environment or Isn't something? Isn't everyone when you're you're daft and crazy against your a, agenda? Yeah, I mean, he was just a like a, I don't know, a dimwit. Ford, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Her gun did contain bullets, but she hadn't actually cocked it, and she obviously knew how to use weapons. Like we just listened to a part of that of that infamous video. In late November of 75, a jury convicted Lynette of attempted assassination of the President of the United States of America. This is ding, 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 ding. How many people get convicted of that? That's huge. Huge. Upon sentencing an angry Lynette, she threw an apple at an attorney's head and her sentence was changed to life imprisonment. Whoa. She's angry. Yeah, okay. I think she's definitely surpassed uh, Brunner. Oh, my God. She's exciting. She was sent away to the Alderson Federal Corrections Institute in West Virginia. She eventually reconnected with fellow family member San, uh, Sandy Good after she was transferred to a new prison in Pleasanton, California. And Good was there because she had still continued to send out <laughs> threatening letters. I'll support the cause. 
In March of 79, she attacked a Croatian nationalist named Julian Busic, and she had been imprisoned for her connection in a 1976 airline hijacking. They loved doing that in the 70s, just taking planes. It, that's what I'm saying. It was really easy to do that then. You could it just was. drive on a tarmac, get out of your car with guns, and just walk onto a plane. You can't do that now. No. Squeaky, uh, squeaky, sorry, hit her in the head with the claw end of a hammer and she got 15 months added to a sentence and she was sent back to Alderson. December the 23rd, 1987, she got word that Charlie was dying of cancer and she escaped from Alderson prison. This is ding, ding, ding wow, again. She, okay, charged with attempted assassination of a president. And now she, she's a prison escapee. Yes. Yeah. She'd figured it out. She was picked up two days later. She'd traveled only a few miles. She was bounced around the prison system, and she ended up near Fort Worth, Texas, where, where she remained until her release on August the 16th, 2009. She then moved to New York with her boyfriend, Robert Vader. I think he gets points for having a cool fucking name. Bob Vader. No, it's a great name, but what the fuck? Why would he date her? She's exciting. It's never going to be yeah, boring. But, I mean, I would be like watching. I would be sleeping with one eye open. Sleep with one eye open. They lived in a house, D. You'll like this. Decorated with skulls. It's she gets points for that. Too. She gets points for that. They both do. Being with Bob Vader. When she was asked in a television interview, she was still in love with Charlie, who was the bad, the bad, bad and dangerous snow apple thrower, said, yeah, I still am. <laughs> I think... Squeaky is on insane points right She's now. She's definitely well, definitely in the lead, but we've only done two. So how can anyone rival her for love and Manson mania? So we're going to let's profile the person that most people, not I, but most people consider to be the most attractive and quintessential Manson chick. Right here she rolls in. Leslie Louise Van Houten. Schwing. 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 I don't I don't know. The long, it. dark hair. Skinny. I think she's a cunt. ass that won't quit. <laughs> she got Leslie Van Houten if you're out yeah, there listening. Yeah, no, she's hot. Do you think she got a, a tuchus that won't quit? <laughs> I like her tuchus. She was born on August the 23rd, 1949 in Los Angeles, California. She and her older brother grew up in a normal middle-class household. So, you know, and out comes the scorecard at this point. In 1963, that her parents divorced and her father, Paul, moved out and the children stayed with Jane. Instant points. Uh, uh, divorced just a couple. Dad. Just a couple, but, you know, it's there. She was attending uh, Monrovia High School, where she was twice elected homecoming queen. There's some points. I can see that. Like many at the time, and again, I can relate, she discovered hallucinogenic drugs, and her grades soon started to slip. She doesn't need good grades. She's got DSLs. Yeah, (laughs) she got ass that won't quit. She drifted away from her extracurricular activities. And shortly after, she got pregnant and then had an abortion. And I can relate to that. So I'm going to give Leslie 50 points here. 50 points? For an abo- 50 you're just points. saying that because you've had like 10 abortions. Any sister that gets an abortion and like just goes out there and thinks, fuck it, I'm not going to have this baby. You're automatically a pal of mine. Although I hate Leslie Van Halen. All right. I'll give her 20 points. 20 points. It. Right. We'll, we'll cut it in a half. I bit. think it's cooler to bear Charlie, Charlie Manson's child. The fucking Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hey, big cooler. Valentine Pooba has gone on to live a productive life. I guess. I mean, it could be worse. His name could be Blanket. <laughs> yeah, Pooba or Blanket. <laughs> in the summer of 68, she was visiting friends in San Francisco when she met Catherine Cher, uh, Bobby Beausoleil, and his wife, Gail. Soon she was banging Bobby, and after meeting Charlie at Spahn Ranch, 
she just decided she would never return home again because it was so much so cool out there. Do Same, you uh, do you think they double teamed her? They all did. They all had massages. Yeah, she they, looks like someone that'd be into a double team. She's yeah. She's got a bit of a filthy sleaze, stuck up look about her, and they're usually the ones who are the filthiest. She's got like that seventies porn star vibe going on. She does. Yeah. Saying about Charlie, Leslie said, I was absolutely intrigued and mesmerized by Manson, and I believed that he was someone very special and extraordinary. You know, the thing is with Manson, what I do admire about him is he was a short king. He was a short king. He was king. a short king, and I like that because You're kind, a you short know, I'm king. kind of a short king. But how tall was Manson? Like 5'6? Five, 5'4, mm-hmm. five, I think he's more my height. Wow, I'm taller than Manson. You could have lauded it up over Yeah, but he was a short king that was having orgies, double teaming Leslie Van Houten. He was. Yeah. Backhanding them all when they got out of line. And he forced them all to kill. They they would have all killed for this short king. Yep. Wanting to prove her love and devotion to the poop butt Manson, Leslie went along with the others on the night of the LaBianco murders because she wanted to prove herself and because her best friend, Pat Krenwinkel, went along that night. We're so not going to talk wait. about yeah, Pat. Why don't you like Pat Krenwinkel? I just don't want to bring Pat into this because Pat is like just kind of like grandmothery in a way. She just, apart from these Manson murders, her life was just very normal. And I wouldn't look at her and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, she kind of just looks, she kind of looks like the mom. She's like homely. Dead mother, yeah. Homely, which is very insulting. If you ever call a woman homely, it's an insult. Not like Leslie Van Houten, who's like a great Leslie Van Schwing. Yeah. Yeah. The house at um, 3311 Waverly Drive, which I have now been to. Oh, yeah, we, we were out. That was one of the first Manson things we saw. It was in the Los Files, as I say in my northern tone. Los Files, is that right? No, Los Feliz. I can never get it right. Section of Los Angeles. It was the site of the August 9th, 1969 LaBianca murders. Leslie helped um, Pat Krenwinkel and Charles Tex Watson kill Leno and Rosemary LaBianca. Leslie later claiming that Rosemary was already dead, already dead when she stabbed her, which is very merciful. Yeah, she's great already defense dead. There, she was dead, not yeah. just was stabbing her I thirty just stabbed times. Stabbed her. After the murders, Leslie wiped the house down for fingerprints. She drank some chocolate milk. She ate some watermelon. She changed clothes. Clothes. She watched Patricia write "Rise, Death to Pigs," and Miss Spell held a skelter on the fridge door in the La Bianca's blood. She loses points, because wouldn't you, if you saw someone misspelling something, wouldn't you just be like, you've totally spelled that wrong, bish? No, I would have, yeah, because I usually tend to point that out. I'm one of those type of annoying people, because I actually know how to spell things. Yes. You know, but I got to say, the fact that she had the wherewithal to wipe the house down for fingerprints gives her some points. Gives her some points. Also shows that she knows she's yeah. doing something bad. She's been bad bitch. She, yeah, I think she knows like how to like get you know clean up a forensic crime scene. I'm actually kind of impressed with that. They all hitch ba- hitchhiked back to Span's ranch before daybreak after the murders. So this is a little audio clip of a uh, Leslie right here. Is uh, is this from a okay? Not famous I've, interview. I've had a lot of different women I've met that have been inside that have told me that they were really glad that. They didn't run into Charlie because they too would have been there. You know, it was so uh, hot. You know who she, she looks like? She looks like I Mindy from Working Mindy. Like, uh, She's I very seventies. Are you getting your bangs? I think I'd say I have a white on. Also, we're concerned with the idea that it could have been their children. She's the type of girl you could start talking about horoscopes and different oh, strains of weed, and she'd be sucking your dick and like. 
10 minutes. Why are you talking about me like that? <laughs> That's rude. That's what I like about Leslie Van Houten. Points. So the current cunt scorecard for Leslie, she's like a full throttle 30, would you uh, say? 50. 50? Look at that ass. An ass that won't quit. She was arrested in the raids and her appearances during the court trials, they were strange and they've now become infamous. And she gets points for her court appearances and how her she Her behavior was, was wacky. She sang, <laughs> danced, she giggled, she fired her attorneys, one of whom, Richard Hughes, mysteriously disappeared. And he had actually been the one who was been trying to get her a better sentence as she had not been involved in the Grizzly Tate murders. Okay, I, I would say the uh, LaBianca murders de- definitely rivaled the Tate murders. They just weren't famous. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they were writing death to pigs in the woman's blood. Terrible. And they carved war into his stomach and like Pat yeah, Prenwickle put that big old fork in his stomach and then she jangled it back and forth I would, and laughed. I, the, one of the many adjectives that come to mind to describe that murder was, is grisly. A hundred percent grisly. Either way, she was eventually convicted of two counts of first-degree murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder. And she subsequently was sentenced to death before California like got rid of the death penalty. In 72, that's when she was uh, commuted to life imprisonment. And as a reality, as what she'd done started to sink in, she began having problems with eating and she developed severe anorexia. See, that's the thing. She gives a shit about her body. And I give her points <laughs> for that. No, I mean, she's she's keeping a slender feminine figure, and I'd give her points for that. Well, like, if you ask me, am I going to eat the fucking prison food where they grind up glass into it if you're a notorious prisoner so you'll be fucked up and have to go to the prison ward where they can get at you easier? Fuck, I'm not eating. Yeah, but they get those, like, hostess Cinnabons or whatever. In the 70s, did they have Cinnabons back then? I don't know, but you know, you know what I'm talking about? They have these little, like, the ho-hos or what do they get in Speaking prison? of which, I saw a stand of them in a supermarket here. I'd never seen them before in my life, and they all just look right. absolutely Hostess disgusting. snack cakes? All of them just look minging. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would never eat that. Can't recall the last time I ate a Twinkie. Uh, I thought the Twinkie looked the nicest out of all of them. Those pink things, those what are they? Snow uh, snowballs. Oh my! Th- you might like those actually. It's coconut and chocolate. I do like coconut, but no. Why are they pink? Why do you like coconut? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Coconut's great. Because of her attorney, Ronald Hughes, had disappeared during a trial, she was granted a second one. This ended in a deadlock jury in September of 77. As the world was mourning for Elvis, she was allowed to live in the house of a family friend as she waited for the third trial to begin. All right, she got lucky there. <laughs> because yeah, she did. Elvis kind of distracted everybody. That's like losing Jesus. Yeah. And so I think she would have, had it been like a year or two before Elvis died, she would have been in prison for life. No doubt. At the end of the third trial, though, she was again convicted. She was sentenced to life imprisonment, and she is currently housed at the California Institute for Women in front, uh, Frontera, where she is the second longest serving inmate after Patricia Karenwinkel. You know, I'm surprised that no one's ever tried to take her out. Just I think, for the notoriety. Women don't tend to do that. I think now they're past the age where anyone will care and because they have so much experience and they ha- they know how to do the court system. They will definitely be people who, if you went into women's can, prison... Like, mentor you. Yeah, and I bet they eat great box, the pair of them. Yeah, but like Charlie, they had to put in like, not a solitary ward, but like a celebrity he was. ward. He, he was, was definitely solitary. Well, was he in solitary confinement? I thought he was just like separated from general pop he was but he was basically in solitary i think he was in lockdown about 23 hours every day because he was mentalist he was a mentalist but i think he was a target too he was a target but like do you want that guy coming up to you in the wreck yard and calling you a poop butt 
Like he's going to get himself into trouble. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. I think anyone would be like, "I killed Charlie Manson." That's like some bragging rights. Yeah, like saying I killed Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, that's some bragging rights. Now, most people, including John Waters, who we all love, believe that Leslie should be released, but I disagree. She gets angry. She gets frustrated during her parole meetings. And although her once striking jet black hair has now turned to gray, her eyes are just as dark as the night that she plunged plunged a knife 16 times into the still warm corpse of Rosemary Labuyanka. And her blood could have been flowing. Oh, come on. She was already dead. How do you know that? She might have gray hair. But that ass don't look 60. I tell you, she's older than 60, and I tell you what. You've got to let Lulu rot, and you got to let Bobby Bosa lay out. That's my, uh, my motto in life. I think they both should be let out. So what's the current scorecard for you? Is Leslie but, your oh favorite? Oh, my God. Leslie Van Houten, by far. Squeaky's still mine. Squeaky is cooler. Squeaky is cooler. But I'd say Leslie's hotter. If we're talking who's the hottest, fucking Leslie. Well, I How have- many guys did she give herpes to? Probably a fair few. Well, she was actually shagging Bobby Beausoleil pretty exclusively. She would shag him and Charlie the most. She wasn't going out and shagging everyone. Mm. I have a few honorable mentions now. Okay. I've got to profile right. these All chicks. Right. So we have Wackadoo Katharina Gills. She's a former Buffalo Springfield groupie, <laughs> Californian native. She joined up with the family. She wore her forehead X with pride, having said that she would have attended both the Tate and LaBianca murders had she been asked. I love how she was like bummed about that. Yeah, w- wait until I tell I you. I had my chance, but they just but I blew completely it. <laughs> overlooked me. It was because of Kathy's real-life family connections that the Manson family ended up staying at um, Barker Ranch with Charlie handing over a gold Beach Boys record to Kathy's grandmother in exchange for them to stay there indefinitely. So Catherine's come from money. She's got money. They've got land. That's pretty cool. How did he come into... uh, Oh, yeah. He was friends with Dennis Wilson. But I can't believe Dennis gave him like a gold Beach Boys record. I don't think he gave him that. (laughs) I think they took it. Charlie nicked it? Yeah, I totally think Charlie nicked it. She was also involved in the mysterious murder of John Zero Haw on November the 5th, 1969. He apparently died in a game of Russian roulette, but rumors still carry to this day that Johnny knew something about someone that threatened the family and they took care of him. We'll never know the truth to that. After the family broke apart, Kathy reportedly joined a motorcycle gang. She married, she divorced, and for a number of years, she lived near Death Valley with her four children. She died of cancer on June the 29th, 2018. Still sad to her dying day that she was never involved <laughs> with those murders. It was one of That's her final hilarious. quotes. Like she's just, she's still, it's like lifelong disappointment. Yeah, I, God damn it, I could have been somebody with those murders, I tells you. <laughs> Next is an honorable mention to my Manson underdog, a girl with the nickname Simi Valley Sherry, Sherry Cooper. You know, who played Sherry Cooper in Once Upon a Time? There was, was no she, Sherry Cooper. No, there wasn't one. Sherry Cooper, I'll tell you why I think Sherry Cooper's so cool. She was never a full-time devoted member of the family, although she was with them for a long time. She went down and visited them at Spawn Ranch, and she was there at Barker Ranch. Did Charlie stup her? I imagine she would have been stupped, but she was not into the scene, right? So her family area, in that area of all Simi Valley, was so close to the ranch, Spawn Ranch, that she would often disappear to return home for baths and dinners, and then she would come back just so she could get under the dick of straight Satan's rider, donkey dick, Danny DiCarlo. She just wanted to get dicked and take acid and have a good time. But she didn't want to be a hippie. She wanted to wear shoes. I don't get I the name Sherry. of this biker gang, Straight Satan. Are they like... You've never heard of Straight Satan? No, I, no, I've read about it, but I just don't understand it. Like, are they uh, like... 
alcohol free like no that that's definitely not that one percent is okay but so is that what they mean by straight i think it's um you know like how alcohol and drug free no they're not they're they're taking the piss in the kind of way that italians would call a fat guy skinny all right so they're not really the straight no they're a one percent a club man like they'll they'll fuck you up why don't they go for satan's helpers Satan's Helpers. It's <laughs> a better name. That's like the lovely Jewish <laughs> motorcycle hey, gang that you'd be. That was the of. name of the gang in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, right? was it? I'm, Fearsome. I'm very sorry. I missed that. Good I'm movie. very sorry. Good movie. There's like three people who are shouting at me now. I'm very sorry to you all. Both the Straight Satans and Satan's Slaves, which are another one percent club, they f- uh, figure heavily better in the story of the Manson Satan family. Satan's Slaves yeah. are also true. Charlie, as a lot of people did, I mean, we just got to look at the Rolling Stones of Hell's Angels. He cozied up to the straight Satans and may have had dealings with the Satan slaves as well. Both clubs being like kind of cut off chapters from the Hell's Angels. Daniel Danny DiCarlo, he was born June 1944 in Toronto. He earned his U.S. citizenship ship after serving four years in the Coast Guard. When he met Manson, Danny was going through a shitty divorce. His ex was a benzodiazepine addict. This is how old this story is. Benzos. <laughs> and Danny was raising their son, Dennis. The ranch was the perfect place to hang out. Like, you know, you had guys he had something in common with, building their cycles. And there are girls there that are more than willing to make themselves available to him. I think that's why he had that handlebar mustache. He's sexy. Danny DiCarlo is sexy. He kind of looks like, uh, what's his name from uh, Spinal Tap? Uh, Nigel. Not, 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 not Nigel, Nigel, the other Tufnell, guy. Uh, blanking on his name, but the bassist. We, yeah, we know who you mean. I'm going to give Danny some points here just because I can. Because why not? I can. Danny's getting some points just for being sexy. And he had a donkey dick. Yeah, but he's not one of the hottest Manson chicks. No, but he's probably one of the hottest Manson men. Because if we did this show with, like, who is the hottest Manson man, it probably is Tex. Yo, dude, played football. Tex. I'm that f- guy's stacked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fucking Clem. <laughs> Clem's like a hillbilly with no, no that, teeth. That guy looks like an inbred. I liked Paul Watkins, I must say. Paul Watkins was kind of. Paul Watkins would be like you. If you were a part of the Manson Cat. I'm, I'm he more was... Bobby Beausoleil. I, oh, I like wish. the slash look. You wish. That guy, that guy, I kind of liked his whole look. Yeah, you wish you were like, you're more like Paul Watkins. You're just an everyday guy, very scholarly, and you're just getting high on acid and getting some poo. I'm offended by that. I'm Bobby Beausoleil. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Danny DiCarlo, along with Bruce Davis, they were the ones who would drive Mary Bruner, Susan Atkins, and Bobby Beausoleil to murder Gary Hinman. He even handed Bobby the gun that he would use to kill him. He claims he never knew what was about to occur inside the Hinman home in Topanga Canyon. I did look about if we could drive out there, but it's over an hour's drive to go to see his house. So one time we're going to go there. Danny DiCarlo, he did testify against Manson and the others at trial. He should have received a portion of the $25,000 reward. He was one of the four people who would have spit that reward, which was also offered to random actors such as Yul Brenner, who is four, Warren Beatty, which is four, other friends of Sharon Tate and uh, Roman Polanski. But Danny, after the trials, he got the fuck out of California. Don't blame him. He was not <laughs> waiting. He ended up in Toronto and he married Sherry Cooper. And there's a great television interview with them on uh, YouTube. So we've got a, like a short clip from that now. Get out. It'll never be again. It'll be nothing but being talked about. It was an experience. All it was was an experience, you know. 
I think his name is Dusty Bottoms in Spinal Tap, but he's played by Harry Shearer. Oh, Does he look just like him? He looks exactly like him. And I would not want to. I would yeah, not. I would trade it for nothing either. But I think we've been through a couple experiences since then that, you know, that wouldn't, you know. And don't get me wrong. After a few beers at Shagger, I just don't find her very attractive. I think she's super cute. She's so, like, 1970s babe cute. She's got this, this round face. She's just very plain to me. She's a super cute 70s babe. She's not as hot as Leslie. I think she's hotter than Leslie. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. 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 She does have kind of a sexy voice, though. I like her. So they're now in Toronto. They're, um, they're together. They had a daughter named Gina, and then they moved back to the States with... Danny's son, Dennis, they were a real happy family at this point. The couple didn't last, and Gina died in a traffic accident in 1991, and Sherry was last reported to be in the Los Angeles area, and to this day, her exact whereabouts are unknown, even though I have tried to find her before. Oh, let's do it again. We let's should. see if we get Sherry and Pooh Bear on the podcast. <laughs> the two magical people to get on. A random side of, uh, side fact about Sherry as well, which is total points. In 1969, the body of an unidentified female was found on Mulholland Drive. Due to the nature of her death, she had fucking tons of stab wounds. She was gutted. Amateur sleuths, such as myself, attributed her demise to belonging to the Manson family, and some believed it to be Sherry Ann Cooper because of the names that we used. Somebody had said that this corpse was called Sherry. In a couple, of, a couple of years ago, people will know this name. The body was later determined to be Re- uh, Jervetson, who I think she was Swedish. And she was just, no one knows who killed her, but it wasn't the Manson family. It's a great name, Reet. Reet. And uh, you're Reet Pet. <laughs> hey, Geordie. Reet. But it wasn't Sherry Ann Cooper. Danny and his son, Dennis, they wound up in Oregon. Uh, he owned a gas service station. Today, Danny is retired. He still rides motorcycles. And it, like in recent pictures, he still has his handlebar moustache, although now it's gray. And he, he's very community. Communitive. Fuck it. Let's get Danny on the show. I think Danny would probably come on the show. You think so? Yeah, I would love to talk to him about being a motorcycle gang. Right, back gonna, in those one days. Of these, one of these people, they're still living and not in prison. We'll get them on the show. We'll try. To me, Sherry scores high points because I love that she would return home for baths. For her, the ranch was about getting loose. It was about taking a big dick of a biker dude. And her mugshot is the most beautiful out of all the Manson families, which to me matters. You want to have a good mugshot. I've winked to Leslie's mugshot. Never winked to Sherry Cooper's. I doubt you've ever winked to Leslie's mugshot. It's awful. She looks awful in that picture. She's got one eye half closed. The one picture where she's walking with the three of them. Wink to that one. You wish. <laughs> if you want to know more about like the family and the babes, there's great information on com and charlesmanson.com. We're going to give shout-outs now to Diane Lake, Kitty Lutzinger, Barbara Hoyt, Rufan Morehouse, and Ella Joe Bailey, who were all very beautiful girls. They got caught in this web of dreams and deviousness by the cult of Manson, but they all survived, and they've come out the better side, and all these chicks are still with us. Walking. But they don't really count. They never murdered anybody. Like, Sherry Cooper never murdered anyone. No, Sherry Cooper never did, but I like that about her. Technically, Mary Brennan never killed anyone. Leslie Van Houten steps corpses. Nor did Squeaky. No, but Squeaky fucking tries to shoot a president. She tried to shoot a president, which is pretty fucking cool. I would say Squeaky's more of a badass, but Leslie's hotter. So right now it's the Triple uh, X showdown of Mary Brunner, Lynette Squeaky from Leslie Van Houten, Catherine Gills, and Simi Valley Sherry. 
So we're going to do like what? Are we going to do a public um, poll on the Patreon and on the Facebook? You know what we should do? We should do, yeah, maybe we'll do a public poll on uh, the Patreon and people can go vote and we'll link to it from Facebook. Yeah, we'll do that. Because then we can have everybody vote in one area, then we'll get it. And we'll we're choose. just going to put the names. You just vote for the one that you would be most likely to wank to. Can I? No, I'm going to be very disappointed if you all just vote for Leslie. Leslie Vadgehouten. <laughs> Leslie Vadgehouten. No, <laughs> it's going to be my Simi Valley Sherry, which sounds like a cocktail drink with a cherry on top. Simi sure. Valley Sherry with a cherry on top. Sure. She's my babe. Seaman Valley Sherry. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if that works. <laughs> Not going to be Leslie. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet like a Miller Lite on that. You know, actually, quick aside, at my sister's house, Kate had her first Miller Lite. And then I had about 10 more after it. Yeah. I turned down Stella. I know, for Miller. Miller Lite. I was very impressed. That's how I knew it was I'm, true I'm one of the family now. <laughs> it's a fine Pilsner. I'm a family me. member. Uh, people, this episode uh, 835 here of Sick and Wrong. Got some phone calls coming up next. Actually, two really, uh, well, it's a, it's a two-parter about an acid trip. Awesome. That's great. Um, coming up next, 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, before we get to that, here's a word about our Patreon page. Hey, Sick and Wrong listeners. If you're not a Sick and Wrong patron, then you might be missing out on special phone calls like this one. I bought a speculum from Amazon. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I get this fucking thing, and it's not the best made thing ever. Uh, I should have saved this right, for the main show. <laughs> this is also exper- this experimenting sexually together. Buying a speculum is not experimenting sexually. That's being like, that's me- for medical use. That's, that's, there's you know, no point. If I was at a man's house and he says, let's do something kinky, baby. And I was like, yeah, I'm really up for that too. Let's do it. And then he rocked out a fucking speculum. I'd be like, what the fuck? Why do you want to see my cervix? I want to see what you got in there. Let's go spelunking. (laughs) You fucking put that. Every woman has a fear of a speculum. No woman goes, oh yeah, baby. Put that speculum in. Like what the fuck experience. is he like role playing as a gynecologist like a really shitty junkie gynecologist yeah, this is not kinky sex <laughs> this is like unsatisfying sex <laughs> what woman has ever said to you oh yeah I can only come if you gape my vagina apart I know that's I the should, only way I can come I shouldn't like, be as hard as I am right now but whatever <laughs> For just $5, you can hear the rest of this phone call, a bonus news story, and about an hour's worth of outtakes every week at patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Sign up today, support the show, and keep it sick and wrong. So we've got a few, uh, couple phone calls here, two-parter to get to. Uh, 323-522-4032. People are running low on some phone calls, so give us a call. Just call us. I want to hear acid stories. Yeah, I like drug stories, but I also like sex stories. Sex stories like the most uh, embarrassing sexual moment you've ever had. I have some in the backlog, but I need to, I need a few more. So give us a call, 323-522-4032, or uh, send, a, send us a, an MP3, Podcast at uh, gmail.com. So uh, this call here is uh, a Welsh caller who's called in the past. Beautiful. Yeah, he's called in the past, and uh, here it is, an acid tale, part one. Hey, you right, dear, right, Kate? I'm just catching up on the podcast now. And um, I'm relating back to an episode about two, maybe three weeks ago. 
when you asked for people to like phone in with their uh, trip stories, pretty much. We've already done and that. I, I think I got one that, that you might like. Anyway, it was a few years ago. I want to say a few years ago. I'm talking, I don't know, 10, 11, maybe 12 years ago. Um, yeah, they were down in Cardiff. I, I was in a band at the time. And we played a good gig. Oh. And I just said... Have you ever played a gig on acid? No, because I've always been quite a responsible acid taker. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, with the show, like, sometimes you listen to podcasts like, oh, yeah, you just get fucked up. I mean, Wackerly would... Harrison occasionally would. But, I, you know, whenever I do the show, I might have a beer. But I'm not having 10 beers. Oh, I'm, I'm the one who Sell gets them. wasted compared yeah, you do. to you. I'll you drink do. a whole bottle of wine while we do the show. Someone's got to keep the show running. Yes, you are the responsible one. But with acid, I've always been very responsible with it. Cause How the second, can you do a show with that on acid? The second that you start to not like something on acid, you have to change what you are doing instantly or you'd immediately become bad trip you have to extricate yourself from a shitty and situation I'm very aware of what i like to do on acid so i would never go to a show or a gig or be surrounded by people because i just think i'd be like nope i hate it i hate it i hate it i'm out couldn't do it no nah. to take acid and it was the last time i took acid i'd like to know about his band the first time i smoked crack really <laughs> In so anyway, fucking after the gig, fucking oh, and I must add as well, we were off a fucking tits on flake and all, and flake back in. It's much different to flake now. It was proper fish scale stuff. Oh, okay, all right. I was like at first, I'm like, what is he talking about? That I've I don't remember fish scale shit. Was that no, like it's cocaine? Oh, is that yeah? When I'm... there's fish scales, that's some good shit. Oh, that's really funny. I like I like the term flake. I've never I've never used that. A Scottish a term. term. A Scottish term that I always call um, coke is ching. I think it's just Ching. A, Ching. 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 Like Ching. 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 Before I was going to call the band Goldie Dawn, I was going to call it Ching Vipers. I like that. That's good. Because everyone in Scotland will get it, but outside of Scotland, everyone will be like, oh, you just, you're, you're doing another Asian theme, are you? I like how uh, the Brits always say, like, you got a gear. And a gear. But gear is heroin to me. I don't know. I've always heard gear being used for blow. It might be, but I've if someone said you said want blow. gear, it's heroin. When I first started doing blow, it's always been blow to me. But then again, I'm old. Get your gears out. You're like, nah. <laughs> you are old. So anyway, off our tits on fucking flake. Uh, I decided to take some acid. Took Good some choice. acid on the way back on the bus. And the oh, bus yeah. dropped me off where I live in, you know, the glorious fucking South Wales Valleys. Beautiful. And I got off the bus fucking coming up big time on the acid now. And I, I don't know where it came from. I had this, like, fucking rubber chicken. It was like a squeak toy for dogs. So, the fucking balls, man. The fucking, you know, the fucking walls are breathing. The headlights, uh, the lampposts were fucking, you know, glowing weird. Yeah, he's tripping his ass off. That was always my favourite part when you knew the acid was kicking in because you'd be looking at your painting on your wall and you're like, huh, oh, that's moving now. <laughs> I remember, uh, God, this is so many years ago. We were at a, it was around Christmas. Actually, I think it was around New Year's. Uh, me and Kessler went to this party on probably three hits of acid. We used to really test the boundaries. We had a lot of acid. And most of the people we hung out with, did, there were a couple of druggies, but not most of, the, most of the people didn't do acid. I mean, they would smoke weed, but not acid. And right. so, but they drank. They drank to oblivion. I mean, they drank so much. And I remember there's this kid... God, I want to say his name is Jim. Jim's a great name. Yeah, I want to say his name is Jim, but he looks a lot like Henry Rollins. Jimmy Rollins. shaved head. Let's call him Jimmy Rollins. All right, we could. I don't want to say his last name anyway. But uh, 
he was wasted. And we were sitting on a couch just kind of staring at everybody in this basement and just tripping our balls off, unable to speak. And this guy, Jim, I, I don't know, he found this rubber chicken upstairs in like whoever's home it was in one of the rooms. And he put on this kid, this kid whose house it was, his mother's dress, and he put the rubber chicken in his underwear and was coming down like downstairs and trying to like give me and Kessler a lap dance with that rubber chicken, like pulling it out and That's stroking what, it. Oh, I would have been laughing my head off. I was fucking terrified. Oh, I would have been laughing at that. that <laughs> I just still kind of picture it. I mean, it was like there was steam coming from his like sweaty head. He was wasted, looked maniacal. And he's got this skirt hiked up and just his fucking chicken that he was trying to like put on us. And we're just like, don't. <laughs> I didn't even know what to do. I did a mean thing on acid once. Uh, did you take was, a shit on someone? No, I wasn't. It was not that mean. Oh, okay. I think this is a mean version, a mean thing to do though. Because I know what I like to do on acid. And pretty much within an hour of me taking acid, I've got to be outside. I've just got to be walking around. I don't want to be girl. cooped up inside. I just want to go out. I'm like, I want to be on the ranch with all my buddies having an Spons orgy. Ranch. Yeah. I knew this was going to happen. And my friends were, I said to all my friends, I'll be outside. If you want to come for a walk with me, it's fine. But if you want to stay in here in my house, that's great. That's grand. I'll just like, I'll like lock you in if that's what you feel safe with. And they were all like, that's what we want. Wait, is this when you freaked out and kicked everyone the fuck out? No, that was when I st- uh, took, took him. Uh, ecstasy, right? No, I'm fucking great on ecstasy. Special K. Special no, K. no, um, sativa. Oh, sativa. Sativa, what is it? S- s- that fake weed. Oh, spice. Spice. That fucking uh. shite, I can't take it. So I was like, cool. I lived in a bed sit at the time. And I was the only person with a key. So they couldn't leave the building. But they could. They were free to walk around like to my kitchen on my bathroom. They were like, put a film on for us, Kate. I was like, oh, I'll put a film on for you. It <laughs> <laughs> can stuck on like a cannibal holocaust. And I was like, bye, guys. I'm going for a walk now. And I could just hear them going, I don't like this. As soon as I was leaving the door, I was like, well, it's a mean film to put on for people tripping out on acid. But I was giggling about it. I get so fucking jolly on acid. I'm like another person. You sound like you get a bit devious. Um, No, I'm just a really happy... I'm a happy hippie cunt when I'm on acid. I like blasting the butthole surfer's locust abortion technician. I should have done that Yeah, people love that. It makes everyone happy. Put on a movie for us, Kate. Oh, I shall. (laughs) colors and stuff just about fucking peaking up feeling really fucking you know edgy as well plus i was off my tits of fucking cork and crack and i had this rubber chicken and i was just fucking smashing fuck out of it was against these fucking cars and against the lampposts fucking i I don't know what the fuck was going on fucking charlie cunts turned up and normally if i was just fucking drunk or otherwise they would have fucking jumped me man fucking mugged me fucking big time and I seen him fucking look. They came from the alley. He was like, oh, fuck. I can't go smashing. Right, kid? Wait, who is he talking about? Was he talking about the popo? The Welsh I, popo? I thought he said Charlie cunts. Char- yeah, Charlie is the police, isn't it? Is that, did they call him Charlie? Yeah, I've heard that used as a slang for the police. Before. I thought it was like the I North could, Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong. But yeah, maybe it was the North Vietnamese and he was seeing them in the fucking trees. Yeah, I know. I don't know what he's talking ways. about. Fucking Charlie. All right, let me. Uh, I think I skipped ahead accidentally, but let me see. Cunts turned up, and normally, if I was just fucking drunk or uh, otherwise, they would have fucking jumped me, man. Fucking mugged me, fucking big time. 
And I seen them fucking lurk. They came from the alley. I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, chaps. I kind of smashing fuck out of the chicken. Fucking, and, and I just remember having fucking blood coming from my face. Where the blood come from, I don't fucking know. And they're like, oh, fuck it. We'll leave him alone. Fucking. And then they went. He looked like a psycho. So fucking, so after that then, I went back to my mother's house because I was living there at the time. Got really fucking paranoid, tripping as well, fucking, you know, seeing the colours, walls are bleeding, you know, fucking, they've all been in all done. And I was in the shed, I don't, and I couldn't take the shed, I thought it was in a fucking coffin. Yeah. So then I went... I don't like to be confined on acid. Like in a small room? Uh, No, I don't like to be confined within walls. I have to be outside. It's a really bad, like, acid floor. But every time I get to the point where I'm inside and I start to sweat and I'm just like, I'm, I'm away. I've got to be outside. But I can walk around a block and take two hours to do it. I know. That's sometimes, I remember last time, well, when was that, like a year ago? <laughs> when I actually took way too much. I couldn't even figure out how to open my door. Oh, you, lo- you use, lose, lose, of it. lose, lools of your phalanges. You I, have just, no I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, you can. And plus, cat scared the work. shit out of me. Animals can be fun or terrifying on acid. What I do you think of this one? Well, he's annoying. <laughs> but I met a, I met a cow once on acid, and that was I, I turned into a full on hippie mother at that point. I was like, "We are ruining the world for you, my friend." See, I would probably try to write it. I don't know. I was quite terrified. I was like, I didn't realize how big you boys. Yeah, were. the thing would kill you. Over the fence, and there's a big field behind the house. And I was there, ah, oh, bliss, lying in the field. Yeah, Lovely. that's what I like to I do. had my fucking earphones, you know, my iPod at the time. That's how long ago it was. You know, fucking listening to whatever I was fucking listening to, loving it. And then I heard fucking you voices. And I was convinced there was an army behind me fucking digging foxholes and they're invading my fucking house. I was like, oh, fuck it. So I was rolling around in fucking the Germans are... fucking bushes. Eventually I calmed myself fucking down. And then fucking, you know, once I was over there, I sat bolt upright, and I could see my mother's house, but the garden didn't exist anymore. Oh. It was just darkness, a big black fucking hole. And I don't know, if, it just didn't exist in the universe anymore. And fucking, I had to wait there until fucking daylight. And as the sun was coming up, I snuck back across the garden, and then I went into the shed and took the laces off my shoes, Pinned, I nailed the lace into the back of the shed door and I fucking sat in and sat on top of the fucking fridge like holding it fucking shut. I don't know how, how long I stay there. And Wait, on the top of the shed? Oh, it sounds like I thought, all oh, right, this is going to be a really sad story where he's like, and I decided to end it all. <laughs> I mean, went a bit Indian then. I've yeah, I was about to say, what accent are you using right now? Well, actually, if you want to do an Indian accent for people who can't do an Indian accent, if you can do a beautiful Welsh voice. But it is my favourite of all the British Isles. But all you got to do is spit it up a little and it becomes Indian. <laughs> Typical Indian. This is what my family sound like. Yeah, well, fucking as you can tell, I wasn't on a good trip. Like, uh, Well, probably because I'd be doing coke and smoking fucking crack. That's where the problem is. So anyway, I was there for... You know one of the best things to do? I understand people always like, ah, you don't want to mix drugs. But it's like when you do acid... And then do a little bit of heroin to come down. It's amazing. Or smoke weed, but if you're you peak on acid and you do ketamine, the colours are fucking. Nah, I've done crazy I've done that weird. candy flipping. I've done that yeah. several times, but but yeah, heroin's the best come down on acid. Trip. Well, I mean, heroin just knocks you out. It's just gonna overpower yeah, but anything. Instead of having like a headache and you just kind of feel shitty and you know enervated, it's like the heroin's just like. No, I just feel cool. I think once <laughs> once you start to feel your peak finger like coming down, just start talking fucking tons of weed. So I feel like the weed sometimes takes over. it's just a waste of weed. 
Yeah, but I mean, like all drugs. People always are, say all that. drugs are technically a waste. Day. They all yeah, wear but off. people always say that with weed. It's like you know, I just take the edge off of the trip with some weed. It's like yeah, but dude, it doesn't matter. You're fucking wasting your weed because it's not going to overpower the acid. On a come down, when you're coming down from it, yeah, it does. coming it down you to sleep, like an acid trip lasts like twelve hours. Heroin. <laughs> G. Simon says take heroin. Thirty Helen's agree. Heroin's the best <laughs> drug to take on an acid come down. It is. And fucking, and I think a car you don't fucking drink in. I had a couple of joints. And I thought, right, I started getting better. Went back inside, went to bed, went to sleep. Woke up then about midday. Uh, and I woke up, oh, fucking feeling great. Stood oh. up, stretched, and then I had the fucking waves of the acid come down. Just washing over me. I was like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, I, I wanted to go to fucking hospital. That's how bad I was. And that put me off acid then for life. But then, you know, look how you're smoking crack for a while. Anyway, have a good day, kid. Have a good day. Good luck in America. Uh, Didn't did put me off a of crack. I love his voice. He's so fucking beautiful. We called him with a part two. It's short. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry for having a part two in this. I know the first call is a bit long. Yeah, the, the, the while I was rolling around in the field, I didn't realise that the council, well, obviously, because I was off my tits and acid and it was dark, the council must have been there a few days before and cut everything down. And I was rolling around with fucking stingy nettles. So, along with the waves of fucking having an acid coming down, from my neck down to my fucking knees, was just covered in fucking blisters. And it was fun. It was fun. Did you ask me to spit on Yeah, and that put me off acid for a while. (laughs) Didn't crack for a little while longer. Still do coke now and then, very, very rarely. But yeah, magic mushrooms are the way to go. Have a good night, guys. I love that. Can I also point out that I love the fact you can hear his burbs in the background, which makes these calls even more magical for me. Does he have a parrot or something? No, he's got like a budgie or something in the background. He's got a singing bird. I can I can hear your burb. I can hear your burb in the background. That'd be a weird thing to deal with on acid. No, I think I would love it. I always liked animals on acid. I was always very happy to be in their company. But the minute you put like 10 people in a room, I was like, nope. Get the fuck out of here. Caliban just scared the shit out of me. I was trying to hide from him. Well, he looks like Skeletor anyways. What, this like weird albino thing, like goblin? Yeah, like just like howling. Yeah, no, it was tough. It is tough. God, um, you know, one of the worst, like, that's what you say with the nettles. Have you ever actually sustained an injury on acid? No, because I'm always like, I'm just, I'm a chilled out, happy person on acid. It's unlike any other drug I am else on every other drug i'm kind of a rager on like you know i'm partying i'm out here i'm gonna go but on acid i'm just like turning to a like i just want to laugh i have a really good time my face actually hurts from smiling that's what happens in the 90s we did a lot of acid but we used to ask and just go out i can't do that go out in new york or go out in like michigan or whatever in detroit to like the goth clubs or whatever on acid i don't know how i did it i don't know how i remember one time I was like, I gotta take a shower. So we dropped like a couple tabs. And then I went and took a shower. It hit me in the shower. Yeah. Of and course. I was in the shower for a really long time. Wanking. No, I just I don't know. I think it felt good. And I just didn't know what I was doing. Anyway, it was fucking hot. I burned myself like all over. And then when I, I was trying to dry myself off and I just couldn't figure out if I was dry or not. So I come so back in the scrubbing. room and I'm like lobster red. And everyone's just like, dude, what the fuck? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you I just mean, remember Dad? just staying home and being like, I having to put like aloe vera on. <laughs> it was terrible. 
that we used to when I was in the halfway house where we all took drugs when I was at a near do well youth who had dropped out and could put possibly have joined the Manson family clan we used to have a a list that someone just wrote on the wall of like great things to do when you're coming up off ecstasy and I think number about three or four was take a shower yeah you know I've taken taken showers on ecstasy and felt great I've taken baths on ecstasy it's been great I've I've taken baths on uh, acid too but I just remember this one particular time I must have been in there for an hour and a half that's really bad. My friends left. Nobody came and got you. I would have kicked you out. No. I would have needed to have pissed by then. I would have come and kicked you out. Nobody even came. It was in my dorm room. Oh, right. So, yeah. So, people Found. left. And then when I came back. And my roommate was just like, what the fuck, dude? What the <laughs> fuck, dude? Yeah. Anyway. Ja-ja. Thank you, uh, there, Welshman. That was a... Uh, uh, we need to come up with a cool a great name. Because, story. Uh, because I love the Welsh people. And we need to come up with a great name for him. Not quite Dickie Burton. What, Richard Burton, but, yeah. Not quite Dickie Burton, but he has he has got a magical voice like him. He's got a good name, and I like his uh, his. We gotta come up with a good name. Yeah, we need to come up with anyone who's got uh, great Welsh name suggestions other than a leak eater or whatever. (laughs) Sheep shagger. People call in with your drug stories. We want to comment and criticize you. Good and bad. Actually, I like hearing about people's best trips as well. I like it when that Bill Hicks jokes where he says. I've taken drugs and it has done nothing but enrich my life. Like sometimes you take drugs and you just have the best fucking time ever. But I also kind of like the trip that turned you off of acid. Oh, the trip that turned you off any drug because we all have or one of any them. Any drug, yeah. That's like me and Ketman can't take Ketman. But I just want to hear like, what's your trip that you're like, I'm never tripping again. The sleep. Three two three five two two four zero three two. Anyway, people, we need your support. We need your support on the Patreon. That's what keeps the show going. That's what allows us to buy equipment and uh, spend money on a computer to do research on topics, pay the the internet bill and all that shit. Are we on a card table right now? That's from the 1970s. Yeah, I've had this forever. Yeah, this is a... Me and Wackily used to use this thing. Oh my God, this is a whack pack table. I used to have two, but my ex took one. Maybe I will absorb the... uh, The sarcasticness of Wackily through this. Yeah, I don't know if this was his table or my table. Me and Harrison use the same tables. Oh, so this is Harrison's table too. Yeah, yeah. Please, people, we want to buy a new table that doesn't have the ghosts <laughs> of the former yeah. hosts. I need a table that's not sixteen years old. <laughs> so anyway, support us on Patreon. Sign up. You know, give a little and you get a lot. Keeps the show going. Makes you feel better about yourself. And not to mention, you get a whole second show. Second show. Yeah, this weekend's second show was an extra long one. It's like two hours. Well, I mean, we had a three-day bender in San Francisco. A lot of shit happened. And we chatted about all the drunken chaos. For the people who love JoJo, it's basically two hours of us telling JoJo stories. Yeah, it was like JoJo Kelly, the drag queens of the Tenderloin, uh, my brother... Uh, yeah, Wackerly. Um, you know, uh, Kate got to meet Stephanie and Big Chair. Uh, we went to Alcatraz, where I actually officially proposed to Kate For the in the middle of Cell Block B. But it was very symbolic. It was very symbolic. I, yeah. I, I was a prison wife that day. But it's a, it's a much, and yeah, it was funny too, the reaction of the people there. Uh, but it was a longer than normal second show. We had a lot of shit to cover, and it's very entertaining. So sign up. It's only $5 a month, for fuck's sake. Do it. Yeah, 5 bucks a month, and you get access to the second show. And for a few dollars more, you can get the Sick Wrong News segment. Uh, this week, we chatted about whether or not Elon Musk uh, would best Vladimir Putin in one-on-one combat. You know, he challenged Putin. He did, and I still think that Putin will win. 
I think Putin would whip the shit out of that guy. Yeah, he's a fucking judo muscle. Pasty nerd. Elon Musk looks unhealthy. Uh, we also talked about uh, how a woman apparently had a glass tumbler stuck in her bladder. Yeah, thanks to for over literally four years. probably the 12 people who sent me this story. Thank you, because every day I just wanted to see that picture more and more. It, yeah, I, I kept sending you the worse. picture. No, every day someone I mean, was sending me it. It's a fucking tumbler. It's not a little like shot glass. It's a fucking tumbler that was inside. And she shoved in her piss hole. In her piss hole. Amazing. Like, it made me feel like grody every morning. I'm going to bring back the word grody just for this story. So it's a good adjective for it. Anyway, go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong. Sign up today. Support the show. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you. Keep us going. Also, if you want to buy some Sick and Wrong merch, we do have a tea Public store. You just click on uh, 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 sickandwrongpodcast.com slash shop. You click on the picture of the Pope. And uh, there's a lot of merch on there. There's going to be a JoJo Kelly t-shirt coming soon. We need to make one. Stinkor. Stinkor. Oh, the Stinkor shirt. We're going to make a Stinkor shirt. Shit, I got to do that. I got to get on that. Uh, finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. So during the second show, we talked about, this is like the third night. When I really tried hard to get drunk. It took me a while. I've never actually, in the entire time I've known you, I've never known you to kind of be that slow drinking or to kind of, your drinks were stacking up. Me and Jojo were downing. I drank 12 whiskey sodas before I even felt anything. Me and Jojo, was, the drinks were sailing down and me, we were in a party mood, but you were like, I just can't drink. I was it like, wasn't doing switch anything. Switch to vodka. Just switch to vodka, D. The whiskey's too heavy. You know, so this is my advice. Yeah, we the get into it on the second heavy. show. But I, this is the third night of drinking. It took me a while, but we were doing karaoke at Bao Bao. Bao Bao. Which is one of my favorite Chinatown bars. And Joe took a video of me, which I posted to the Patreon, uh, singing Kiss Me Deadly, while this very drunk gay guy fell in love with Joe's biceps. Joe attracts attention wherever he goes. Was he wearing a free Britney shirt? He, the Yeah, the gay guy was, but I thought that Jojo might have had his, what's his irresistible t-shirt that people talk to him about? Sisters of Mercy. No, the cult. The cult, that's yeah. it. Was he wearing his cult? No, he was wearing his Iron Maiden t-shirt because me and Jojo were nearly twins. Anyway, I'm going to dedicate Anyways. this song to the drunk gay guy <laughs> who's in love with Jojo and the proprietor, the woman who owned uh, Bao Bao. We love you. Who had like a... Sp- Surprisingly beautiful singing voice. And she was lovely, and she gave me Funyuns, and she gave me Cheetos for free. And she's great. I love her. So we're going to end the show here with Lita Ford's Kiss Me Deadly, which is a 1988 song off her first record, her first solo album called Lita. Um, It's regarded as like her signature song, Kiss Me Deadly. It's an awesome song. And it's the second highest charting single of her solo career after Close My Eyes Forever. You know that one? I don't think I know Close My Eyes. It's a duet with Ozzy. Oh, I do then. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're going to end the show here with uh, Lita Ford's Kiss Me Deadly, dedicated to gay drunk guy that loved Jojo Kelly. People will be back next week with episode 836 and tales from Kate's first trip ever to Sin City, Las Vegas. Till then, take it sleazy.
Did I say something funny, stuntman? Yeah, you kind of did. What's so funny? Look, man, I don't want any trouble. I'm just here to do a job. But you're laughing at what I'm saying. But I'm not saying anything funny. So what do you think is so funny? What I think is... You're a little man with a big mouth and a big chip. And I think you should be embarrassed to suggest you be anything more than a stain on the seat of Cassius Clay's trunks. Father, you're the one with the big mouth. And I would really enjoy closing it, especially in front of all my friends. But my hands are registered as lethal weapons. That means we get into a fight, I accidentally kill you. I go to jail. 